All right. One of the things that the devil, I believe the devil has done to set us up is cause trauma. Most people that in my generation have had some type of trauma, and trauma creates an aching void to need approval, to need validating. And um, the more trauma a person goes through, uh, the greater extreme they go to to be validated. There's just running, I don't know if it's even a joke, it's just a known thing. When you see young girls on a stripper pole in America, they say they have daddy issues. That they're actually searching for some type of validation uh, through sex work or whatever. And people go into debt. They buy things they can't afford to impress people that don't even like them. And they ruin their lives because they just want somebody to like them. Want somebody to co-sign on their life. Want somebody to say, you're living your best life. And so now on social media, of course, there's all kind of filters that I can be green screening in my home and yet standing on a yacht in Hawaii. And I can post all kind of pictures of things that I don't have, places I haven't been, and yet get approvals and likes and comments and loves and follows and friends and all of that. But as a Christian, God supplies all your needs. And the need for validation and vindication is a need. It's not a sinful need. But how we go about satisfying that need can be sinful. And our theme scripture is in Psalms 17 and 2. It says, let my vindication come from you because you see what is right. Everybody say, God, vindicate me. So the Lord told me at the end of last year, I prayed about it, and I said, you know, every year we usually have a theme. And I said, Lord, what is this year's theme? He said, 2024 will be the year of vindication. Now, that might be blind to some of you, I think uh, Pastor Cat Williams said something like this. In 2024, everything's going to be exposed. That's what he said. But this is the year of vindication. First Peter 2 and 7 says this. So we said trauma causes us to need vindicating, but there's something else that everybody has experienced, and it's found in 1 Peter 2 and 7, and I got to speed up. My time is running out. It says, therefore, to you who believe, he is precious, talking about Jesus. But to those that are disobedient to the world, 
to the atheists, to the agnostic, to the people that don't want to live for God, the disobedient. Jesus is the stone which the builders rejected. Listen to this. Jesus was the stone that the builders rejected, but he became the chief cornerstone. Everybody say became. Operative word is you can become. Operative word is that even if you've experienced some rejection, whether it's from your mother, your father, your sisters, your brothers, might have been from a friend. How many of y'all ever got, it, got stabbed in the back from a, from a bestie? Come on, let me see your hand. Somebody say, we be with you forever and all that stuff. Or a business partner. You might have got rejected. I remember when I was uh, coming up in school, you know, they always choose teams. How many of y'all remember when they choose teams? And I was, I was so non-athletic that I'd always be the last one that just had to be chosen. They'd be like, oh, man, okay, I'll take him. Everybody said, that's rejection. Yeah. How about if you went out for the cheerleader team, uh, cheerleader squad three times, and they never chose you. Somebody said, that's rejection. Yeah. How about if you never made the basketball team or the football tryouts or, or you kept trying for this or that or you kept trying to get a certification or, or, or take a test and you kept failing. That's another form of rejection. But the Bible says that the stone in which the builders rejected, or if you have been a person that have been rejected, some people even call themselves, I'm the black, what? Sheep of the family. That's called rejection. When you're, everybody look at you and say, why you can't be like everybody else? That's kind of rejection, right? But with God, it doesn't matter because you can be rejected. But watch this. You can become something. I wish somebody would get excited about that. It don't matter if you don't like me now. Come on, how many of y'all know that song, that good old gospel song that said, how you like me now? Come on, somebody. You might not like me then, but how, how you like me now? And I love that all other hymn of the church. Was it Pastor Bruno? He said, don't believe me, just watch. You see, because people size you up. You ever got sized up? Do y'all know what I mean? You young people don't, don't really understand that terminology. I don't know what, what y'all would call it. But, 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 but people look at you. You ever been in a room and then, and then women do it quick, they go. They, they look you up and down. Huh? You, you ever been sized up? And men, we get sized up because as soon as another man meets you, they, wanna, they don't even want to know where you live. They don't want to know what your name is. First thing they ask you is, what do you do? Because by what you do, they know how much money, they think they know how much money you make. By what you do, they, they think they know how you're able to live. Well, I'm a corporate attorney. Oh, Hello? Well, I work for the sanitation department. I work for the trash. Oh. They size you up. You can be the, the, the stone that the builder rejected, 
But y'all, I love the word become. You can become something. Somebody say amen. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. Somebody say amen. And you can look me up and down right now, and you can size me up. I remember when we was in the storefront. I remember when we was in the clubhouse. People would come over there, and they, they, they hear them loud folding chairs, and they see three or four people in there, and they sized us up. They say, oh, look at it. They trying to start a church. But y'all, how you like me now? And when they size you up, Sydney, they have an opinion. They go, oh, man. So in the hood, we used to say something, oh, they ain't about la di da You ever heard that saying? They ain't about la di da People sizing you up. And that's a form of rejection. And so that creates this void, aching void, of always wanting to be validated, always wanting to be vindicated. All right. Look at Psalms 37 and 6. I love this part. It's a promise from God. Y'all believe the Bible? Y'all believe what God says? This is what he says. He says, he will vindicate you in broad daylight and publicly defend your case. How many of y'all ever heard of a public defender? Yeah. So, so God says, if you will trust in me, you stop trying to get your validation from other people. Stop trying to get clicks and likes. Stop living for clicks. Stop living for the gram. Somebody say amen. And say just trust in me. There's an old scripture in Proverbs 3 and 5. Says what? Come on, say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. And he'll do what? He'll direct your path. He said if you'll do that, I will vindicate you. I will defend you. And I'm not going to do it in the closet. I'm going to do it publicly. And I'm going to do it openly. And I'm going to do it in broad daylight. What is he saying? He's saying when your day comes, when your time comes, everybody will be able to look at you and say God is with him. God is with her. There is no way that they could be able to do this or get over that or have this much money or accomplish this if God wasn't with them. And if you're excited about this is your year of vindication, you ought to give God some praise. All right. So we talked about vindication. What is the term vindication mean? It means to free from allegation or blame, to confirm, to substantiate, to provide justification or defense, to justify, to protect from attack or encroachment, to defend, to avenge, and to be vindicated is such a sweet thing. I don't know if you ever had somebody treating you bad on the freeway and swerving in and out and acting a fool. <laughs> and I teach my people, I just let them crazy people go on by. And then they go on by and have a crash or they go on by and the police stop them. Isn't that sweet? <laughs> you don't want nobody to crash, but at least let the police stop them. They be like, ah, see. Shouldn't have been speeding. Shouldn't have been acting ugly on the freeway, right? To be vindicated is a sweet thing. 
When you get vindication, you've been proven right or justified in doing something. How many of y'all would like some vindication this year? Amen. Now, here it is. We talked about this. In being vindicated, you got to walk in what's called objective truth. So sometimes people are delusional. If I was up here with a cape on and actually not even just for a skit, but it's like, I'm Captain America. Like, Pastor, is this a skit? No, I'm really Captain America. Shoot a bullet at my shield. Like, bro, what's wrong with you? That's when you go to the, right? That's called delusions, right? And some people have delusions of grandeur about their life and all of that stuff. Stuff that's not verifiable. Amen? If I had spent most of my life trying to be an acrobat, how many of y'all know that's a delusion? Who's going to catch me anyway? Somebody say amen. Nobody catching me? <laughs> right? Right? Ain't nobody catching him. You're going to pull the whole tent down. Right? So there's some things that become delusional. Right? So you got to walk in objective truth. Many people walk in subjective truth. And so they live their whole life never being validated because what they're trying to be validated in is invalid. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm right here mad because y'all won't co-sign on the fact that I'm Captain America. You schizophrenic people do that. Like bipolar, they, they just get mad. You know, we call them crazy. Somebody say amen. Everybody got some crazy friends, some crazy relatives, right? Get mad at you because you won't co-sign on their craziness. Hello? Bro, I got no, man. Just give, if you see the family, see, that's the problem. Family won't stick together. Man, I got this new business called uh, Recycle Q-Tips. And, man, what you do, you get all the Q-Tips from the neighborhood. See, black people, this is the problem. Like, bro, I'm not giving you no $1,000 for no Recycle Q-Tip business. But people get mad. You see what I'm saying? So sometimes people want validation in the wrong thing. Let's, let's look at this. So uh, uh, objective truth means verifiable information based on facts and evidence, okay? So I, I use the acronym VET if it's, if it's uh, what you call it, objective truth. It can be observable. It's verifiable evidence that leads to triumph, right? Because some things are true, but they're just not truth. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, right? There's some things that might be true, but it's not true. It's not going to lead to triumph, so why are you focusing on it anyway, right? So anything that you can verify with evidence that's going to lead you to triumph is objective truth. Subjective truth means information or perspective based on feelings, opinions, and emotions. <coughs> and we talked a lot about this, so you can go back and look at our, uh, our old broadcast on this or listen to our, our, our podcast on it. But many people never get out of feelings, opinions, and emotions. So the acronym for that is FOE, F-O-E, feelings, opinions, and emotions. And we, we talked a lot about how we've got to be able to step out of our feelings, our opinions, and emotions, and get into verifiable truth so that we can get vindication from God. If you understand that, somebody say amen. amen. Now, some people uh, don't go for vindication. They rather go 
uh, uh, for revenge. And it's called being vindictive instead of being vindicated. And many vindictive people uh, have or show strong, unreasoning desire for revenge. So it's true that people have done you wrong. It's true that people have done you dirty. How many of y'all have ever got done wrong? Come on, let me see him. How many of y'all, somebody just did something and you didn't do nothing and it was unfair? Come on, let me see him. It was unjust. Come on, how many of y'all ever been discriminated against? How many of y'all ever been fired for, 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 for no reason or blamed on the job when it wasn't your fault or, or any of that, right? So there are things that happen to everybody. There are unjust things. There are unfair things that happen. <coughs> but the Bible says that vengeance is mine, Romans 12 and 19. Let's look at it. It says, dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. So we don't have to pay anybody back for doing evil to us. Jesus tells us to forgive them, but y'all, those people not going to make it. No how. I'm 50-something years old. I've lived to see people that have done people wrong, people that have done uh, uh, falsely accused other people, people that have laid traps for other people. They laid the trap for them, but they fell in the trap. You know, the Bible says that that will happen to your enemies. So don't, don't worry about it because in not so many days, Y'all new age people, y'all call it karma? Yeah. They say what goes around comes back around. Here's the Bible on it. It says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. You can't hack God. There's not a God hack. Whatever a man sows, he's going to what? He's going to reap it. And it doesn't have to be at your hands. You don't have to get revenge. Come on, lift your hands and say, I thank God that I don't have to get revenge. But this is my year of vindication. I remember y'all, and I'm, 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 I'm going to speed this along, but I remember as a school teacher, this happened, oh my gosh, this had to be almost 20 years ago, back in 99, 98, and I was working at a school, North Shore Middle School, and this was so funny. I was a behavior teacher, and um, I was um, working with a behavior kid, and uh, we were doing dismissal, and we were outside, and there was this little kid who he just always picked on of the kids. Like, just always, just, you know, how many of y'all ever seen that in the schoolyard or something? Or maybe just, we call them bullies, right? And so he was a little bigger than everybody. And he was just, you know, like everybody's just standing there waiting on the bus stop. And he, I saw him, I saw the whole thing. I, I saw the whole thing. I saw it. And I was just looking at it. And, and he picked out this one kid that he thought, Man, I, I, you know, this kid can't do nothing. And so this kid was this tall. The bully was that tall. And the other kid was about this tall. And I'm not exaggerating. He was a little short guy. And uh, he was standing there minding his business, just waiting on the bus, not messing with nobody. So the bully kid, he goes over and gets his book bag and starts tossing it around and throwing it up and playing, you know, just keep, keep away from the kid. And the kid was like, he wasn't having it. He's like, bro, just give me my book bag, man. I'm not messing with you. <coughs> and, um. They're like, no, nah, you know, come get it. You can't get it. You're too short, this and that. So, generally speaking, uh, teachers are supposed to intervene. How many of y'all know that? You're supposed to go break up something, right? So, I did, now y'all, I did my duty as a teacher to break up stuff when I saw it. 
But I knew that this little short kid, because he was a baby kid, I knew that he wasn't going to put up with it. So I did go to break it up, because I did, I did, I did, because that's my, that's my responsibility to go break it up. But y'all, I walked so slow. <coughs> I walked slow, and I knew that that little, that little short kid, I knew he was going to let him have it in a minute. And that kid was just running around and slapping him on the back of the head and, and throwing his book back up. So that little kid, finally, he just got fed up. And he, he ran to the little tall guy, <coughs> and he grabbed him by the shirt. He pulled him down to the ground. He started beating that kid. He started stomping that kid. And, y'all, I was on my way to break it up, I promise you. But I was walking real slow because it was a moment of vindication. Shouldn't have been messing with that boy anyway. You sized him up, thought he couldn't do nothing. But how many of y'all know sometimes David defeats Goliath? Don't size nobody up. I ain't no easy win, sucker. Come on, somebody. Don't, don't take my kindness for weakness. Somebody say amen. Yeah. And we thank God for it. Jesus said, turn the other cheek. And I'm learning to do that. Somebody say amen. But there was a time in my life when he said, well, you get slapped on one cheek, turn the other. I thought that meant if you slap me on my cheek, I'm supposed to turn your cheek. Somebody say amen. But the Bible says, vengeance is mine. Tell, tell somebody, say, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You don't have to revenge yourself. Somebody say amen. Now, here's the part that I, that I got excited about. The reason that vindication will happen for you is not by accident. It's a part of God's system. I want you to see this, and then we're going to wrap this up. Let's look at Genesis 8 and 22. Genesis 8 and 22. This is a principle. This is what we're talking about in giving today. This is a principle that remains. It's a system that God created. Thank God for H-E-B and Kroger's, but if they close down, this is the system by which we can still eat. God created. He said, while the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest. Everybody say seed, time, and harvest. Everybody say it again. Seed, time, and harvest. It's kind of more like this. It's seed, time, And harvest. Because it takes time after you plant that seed. But it don't nobody dig it up. If it gets the right amount of water, if it gets the right amount of rain, that seed is going to come up and it's not going to be a seed. Somebody say amen. amen. But here's the thing. Just like the story about the little boy. There's something about people, my, my dear, that despises, don't like small things. See, when they size you up, they size you small. 
Oh, you're not nobody. You ain't Kim Kardashian or nobody. You ain't, got, you ain't got that kind of money. Who is you? Hello? So they size you up. And if they think you're small, they despise you. And isn't it funny that people that are small themselves despise other people that are small? Just how it is. So there's a system called seed time and harvest. But let's look at Zechariah. For who, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 10, for who have despised the day of small beginnings? This is what I say. For they shall rejoice. Everybody say shall. That's the future. And they shall see. Everybody say shall. That's the future. So when you're small, nobody rejoices. We talked about it Wednesday. Michael Jordan was sitting in somebody's church next to his mama. Little boy, legs swinging. Didn't nobody know who he was? Didn't nobody ask for his autograph? He was small. But the Bible teaches us as wise people not to despise the day of small beginnings. Because small things grow. Somebody say amen. So people despise small things. Here's a power statement. There is a vindicator scheduled for every small seed. If nothing interrupts it, there's something that's going to vindicate that seed, the small thing, the thing that was rejected. So often you hear about these athletes and celebrities or whoever whose parents gave them up or rejected them or they were put up for adoption and they get famous. I think James Brown was one of them. His mother gave him away and all of this, and then he became famous. He had his own jet, and he, his songs were sung all over the world, and he had all kind of money, and his mom shows up at one of his shows. I think they showed this on his, on his biopic movie, right? The one that you rejected. She kept some other children, but the one that you rejected became great. <laughs> yeah. So just because you got rejected, just... Just because you got every incentive not to make it. You got every excuse not to make it. You were abused. You were molested. You were neglected. You were left on somebody's doorstep. You were left at the courthouse. They gave you up for adoption. Your mom and daddy was so strung out on drugs that CPS took you and gave you the foster care. It doesn't matter what your story is. Even though you start small, God can make you great. Somebody say amen. There's a vindicator for every seed that's scheduled. The vindicator for acorn is a oak tree. The vindicator for a grape seed is a vineyard. The vindicator for an apple seed is an orchard. Somebody say amen. And y'all, there have been so many times in my life. I, I grew up, my, some of y'all know my life story. And I, my mom, she was, she was a teenager when she got pregnant and, and she got married and it didn't work out. And my dad left her and, and, and she went through a series of bad relationships and, 
and men beat on her and, and jump. Well, no, let me say, she, she used to fight the men. They used to fight because she wasn't nobody jumping on my mama. And somebody say, amen. My mama fought back. But, but y'all, she went through it and, and she had to uh, uh, leave me with different people that, that, that necessarily, they, 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 some of them weren't right. Some of them uh, abused me. Some of them molested me. But she was trying to get through nursing school so she could provide for us. And, and she, she, she did it on her own. Never had, never had, never had child support. Never filed child support on my dad. She just went on here and kept doing it by herself. Come on, somebody. And people probably wagged their head and probably looked down on it, probably say, what she thinks she's doing? And then all of a sudden, she up, jumped, and moved to Houston, left uh, 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 the, the, the comfort of Charlotte, North Carolina, where she did have a babysitter because she did have a mama. Her mama would keep me sometimes. And then my grandmama on my daddy's side would keep me. But she said, no, the Lord told me to go to Houston, Texas. Come on, somebody. Small beginners. Come on somebody and, 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 and people looked at her and said why is she doing that she already struggling now she's going to need childcare. now she's going to need somebody to watch her man and, and y'all we, we, we struggled together we, we grew up together come on somebody when other people didn't think we could make it but how you like me now if you didn't believe me my mama said if you don't believe me just watch because my day of vindication is coming Somebody say amen. So she should have been a statistic. She should have raised a statistic. A, a, a young black boy growing up in South Park without a daddy. But yet, and still, she saw me go to college. Come on, somebody. She saw me be the first man on both sides of the family get a bachelor's degree. Somebody say amen. She saw me be the first man to buy his own house. Come on, somebody. She saw me write my first book and start my own first company and start my first business. It may start small. How many of y'all know? But don't despise the day of trouble beginnings. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Because if you'll just stay with God, if you don't give up, if you hold on. Everybody say vindication is on the way. Everybody say there's a vindicator scheduled for me. Say there's a vindicator scheduled for me. I might seem small right now, but help is coming. Listen, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The reason why people size you up is because you don't look like much. At the beginning, you don't look like much. The Bible says that God chose the foolish things of the world. The people that weren't so smart, the people that weren't so wise, the people that didn't invent the iPhone 7, the people that, come on somebody, the people that didn't start some billion dollar corporation. And if you're in here, please talk to me after the church. But I don't think nobody in here got a billion dollars. Somebody say amen. But he chose us. He chose the regular people. He chose the people that everybody rejected. He chose the people that everybody looked over. But the Bible says that the stone that the builders rejected became the chief and the cornerstone. Somebody say amen. Now the Bible says in Titus chapter 2 verse 7, it says in all thy things show a pattern of good works. I want to walk the dog for a minute and call the roll on who showed a pattern of good works in vindication. Or in other words, who can we look at in the Bible that was an icon of vindication? Oh, let me call the roll. Uh, it's Noah in the house. Noah says, I'm here and 
and he needed to be vindicated. Y'all remember Noah looked like a fool. He was building an ark. He gathered all kind of wood and, and timber and, and he had his sons and his wife out there and they was working on a boat and everybody that passed by said, Noah, what are you doing? He said, it's going to rain. They said, Noah, you crazy. It has never rained. He said, not only is it going to rain, he said, it's going to flood and everybody that's not on the boat is going to drown. They say, Noah, where did you get these ideas from? He said, God told me. They say, God, God who? He said, I heard a voice from heaven tell me that it was going to rain and that I had to build an ark. Now, y'all, if he'd had Facebook and needed a hundred people to like him before he built the ark, he'd have never built the ark. But they laughed at him, but he kept building. They SMH'd him, but he kept on building. If they had text messages back then, they would send it to each other. Look at them, LOL. <laughs> they was laughing out loud at Noah because they said he was crazy. Somebody say amen. And I could see him when he first started building. It didn't look like much. But can you see the homeowners association? After it got built, Noah, you don't have a, a permit for this. You better get this off the property or, or we're going to send you a fine. Somebody say amen. But he kept on building. And he said, homeowners association person, you better get on in the ark. He still looked crazy, but he kept to his convictions. Is there anybody here that even when you look crazy, you say, I'm going to still serve God? Even during COVID, when all of my friends had closed their churches, my best friend and I, we kept our churches open, but people was SMHing and they was laughing out loud. But many of the pastors that kept their churches closed, their churches closed permanently because when COVID lifted, they couldn't get the people back so they couldn't pay the mortgage on the church so their church got foreclosed on. How you like me now? Are you laugh out loud now? Are you shaking your head now? But no start coming in two by two now if I thought Noah was crazy I think I would have changed my mind when I saw two giraffes walking into the ark and two lions walking into the ark and, and, and two snakes walking into the ark and, and, and two chickens coming on in the ark and I think I would have changed my mind when I saw a Texas steer, come on somebody, and a cow going into the ark together, but they still laughed at him. Well, what was Noah's vindicator? Well, it did flood. Somebody say amen. And he was made to be right. He was vindicated. Abraham, they laughed at him. He said he 
be the father of many nations. But what vindicated Abraham? It was Isaac that was born in old age. They laughed at Joseph's dream. They said, let's see what's going to happen to his dreams. But what vindicated Joseph was the Pharaoh made him second in command. Y'all remember Moses? He went to Pharaoh with him and just his brothers. He said, Pharaoh, let my people go. They laughed at him. Pharaoh said, who are you to come in and tell me what to do? I'm the Pharaoh. You're nothing. But what vindicated Moses? He had 10 sons, 10 plagues, 10 wonders, and 10 miracles. And after the Passover had killed the Pharaoh's son, Pharaoh let God's people go. Esther and Mordecai, they was vindicated by Haman's execution. Ruth was vindicated by Boaz marrying her. David was vindicated because he killed Goliath. Daniel was vindicated because the lions wasn't hungry. The three Hebrew boys, they was vindicated by a furnace that refused to burn. And then Jesus was vindicated. They nailed his hands. They spiked his feet. They pierced him in the side. They buried him. The devil said, we got him now. But how many of y'all know it wasn't nails that kept him on the cross? How many of y'all know it wasn't spikes that kept him on the cross? It was because he loved you. He loved me. Yes, he did. But three days later, he was vindicated. He arose in his physical body. Yes, yes. And one day, he's coming back. How many of y'all know he's coming back? And then we'll be vindicated. Why are you going to church every Sunday? Why are you giving the people? money. Why are you reading your Bible? Why are you listening to Christian music? But one day it'll all be over. We'll be vindicated because the dead in Christ are going to rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. We're going to be caught to meet him in the air. You may say the rapture is crazy. You may say it's a figment of our imaginations. But wait, one day, one day, he's coming back like a thief in the night in the twinkling of an eye. We're going to be gone. vindicated if you believe God 
nation. You got to give them some praise. You don't have to look right right now. You might be, feel like you're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> I'm stepping out there. When we started this church, Jim, oh God, was it tough? You ask people to come, they tell you they're coming. They never show up. Some people come. They say, we like it. We're going to stay with you. They leave you. People from the old church would come over just to be nosy. See how many people we had? Oh, they got 10 people over there. They... Don't worry about it. Some of us care too much about how we look now. You got to be willing to look like a fool right now. Because everybody plays a fool. It's okay. You can play the fool. You can look like the fool. Hello? Good afternoon. I'm sorry, Siri. Yeah. Not now. She heard a good message, though, didn't she? Oh, Siri gets saved. <clears throat> Y'all, stop worrying about people. Stop worrying about what they think. I'm talking about people that don't matter. Now, I care what my wife thinks. You should care what your mentors think. You should care what your boss thinks. That's how you get a raise. But I'm talking about nonsense people. Man, don't worry about them people. Because you're on your journey. You're on your journey. Two little nappy haired girls in Compton. <coughs> named Serena and Zane. What's her name? Serena and Venus. Daddy talking about they going to Wimbledon. He looked like a fool. Did he look like a fool? And he wasn't well-spoken or well-dressed. He looked like some hood dude from the hood with a pipe dream about his daughters. But they did the work. They ain't worried about what people say. Did they get to Wimbledon? Did they win over and over and over and over and over? <laughs> yes, they did. Don't let nobody despise your small beginnings. Don't let nobody despise your, your small business or your idea. And brother, if you're a dreamer, get with a woman that's practical, but that's not going to kill your dream.
Because God's going to vindicate you this year. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Stand on your feet, everybody.